Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast. So basically, I was saying it was August 2000, and I was very depressed and very scared. I was putting myself through graduate school. And at this time in my field, every job had about 800 applicants, 800. And I did end up having a number of interviews and ended up being second for some of them. But I was always second. I was always second. And at that time, I was seriously asking God, you know, since I was like eight years old, I wanted to be a professor and I felt led to do this. And I've put myself through school and now I'm finding that nothing's working out. Have I done all of this for nothing? Have I been misguided? Is there something else for me that I'm not aware of? And at that time, having been second over and over and over again, I'll tell you, I felt like I was in a wilderness experience. So today we're talking about coming out of the dark and letting the wilderness experience be a fruitful time instead of a time of fear and a time of of uncertainty. I'll tell you all that by the time I got offered the tenure track position that I thought was of my dreams, I actually ended up turning it down. And the very same day, I ended up turning down the person I was had been in love with who had been confused and had left. He showed back up on my doorstep asking for us to begin anew, and I turned that down as well. I felt like I had lost everything at that moment, yet something inside me said no to both of those opportunities. I would go to the gym across the street and I would get on the treadmill and cry. I think that they probably called me the treadmill crier. There she is again, the treadmill crier, because I would tread and tread. At least I was getting those endorphins going and I would cry and cry. But in the middle of all of that, you all, of what appeared to be a wasteland came my business and the passionate, passionate livelihood that I am to give to the world. So I want to ask you, have you noticed, have you noticed sometimes, oftentimes, everything else, everything else has to be stripped away. All the distractions, all the stuff that we think we need or need to do has to be stripped away so that we can see what is really important. I would say that right now during quarantine, it's such an amazing time for us to truthfully have a sabbatical, to slow down, to slow down and listen to what spirit is saying 
to each of us. The planet is finally resting their dolphins in Venice and their ducks in Venice. The planet, the, I don't know about you all in Oregon, but in North Carolina, the skies are bright blue. Tar Heel blue, of course, Carolina blue. They're bright blue because now there's less pollution. Not only are we getting a time to rest and to go inward, but also, also the earth, Mother Earth is as well. I would suggest that instead of seeing this quarantine as a time of feeling imprisoned or feeling that we're in darkness, feeling that it's very uncertain and scary, I would suggest that we see it as a womb experience, that we're in the womb of the earth. We're in the womb of source. We're in the womb and we are giving birth to another spiritual level. We all have wilderness experiences. Let me just ask how many of you have had an experience like I had where you felt like you kind of lost everything? Could I see your hands? Yeah, I figured most hands would be up. And probably those of you who don't have your hand up, your nose is growing. Yes, I think that if we looked hard enough, we could find some sort of wilderness experience for you. It may have happened when you were a child. It may have happened through a job. It may have happened through losing someone you love or losing a relationship that you love. We all have those wilderness experiences. We know that Jesus was driven into the wilderness for 40 days where he fasted. What if we were to take this time as a time of fasting? not necessarily from food, but fasting from negativity. What if we were to take this as a time of fasting from our sin, which we know sin means missing the mark, sinful thinking, missing the mark, erroneous thinking, negative thinking. What if we were to take a fast from that right now during quarantine? Do you think that we would emerge stronger and somehow better than we were before? It's interesting that the word for wilderness most often used in the New Testament is eremos or eremia, the Hebrew word, sorry, the Greek word for an isolated place an isolated place. How many of us have felt that isolation during quarantine? How many of us have felt that we were isolated from the people we love, isolated from our spiritual communities, isolated from friends even? And yet this is exactly perhaps what we have needed to hear the still small voice like Jesus did in the wilderness. That voice in spite of what the Bible calls the devil, 
the adversary. The adversary is always where? Right here. The adversary is there in our thoughts. How could it be that Nelson Mandela could be in prison for years, for decades, and emerge so powerfully? I would suggest that we, like Jesus, can actually feed ourselves. We can fast from negativity and feed ourselves right now during this time with the fruits of the spirit. This is exactly what Jesus did in the wilderness. You know, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's interesting to me that in unity, we talk about the 12 powers and actually in the fruits of the spirit, we have three of the 12 powers. We have love, we have faith, and we have self-control. Otherwise, we could see it as will, the unity power of will. Today, I want to focus on joy for us because I believe that the way out of this experience of isolation of the aremia of the wilderness is joy and following what I'd love to call the breadcrumbs of joy in your life. So I'm going to ask you all just for a second to write down three activities, put them in the chat, three things that you absolutely love doing that bring you and others joy. And to write into the chat, all you have to do is go to the bottom there and you'll see chat. You just click it and then you move your cursor over and you can just put something in there. Three things that you love to do. Nothing is too big or too small. Three things that give you joy. Carol says singing, decorating and laughing. I'm totally with you, Carol. Maybe not on the decorating, but the laughing for sure. Dave says theater, music, fellowship with friends and family. Derek, being in nature. Nico, more music with an exclamation point. Hiking, grandkids, dinner with my wife. That's a good answer. Your wife is loving that. Spending time with family. Chicken therapy. I love that, Terry. I have a friend who has tons of chickens, too. I assume that's what you're talking about. She names them and they come to her. They, she calls them. They come jump, jumping into her arms. Hosting dinner parties, games, playing tennis, walking with my husband, watching great films, feng shui, biking, cooking, comedy, nature and heart, painting, more hiking, romance with Kent. Woo. Greet the sunrise and develop a relationship with the sun and the moon and the stars. Riding a horse with softness and understanding. Wow, these are beautiful, you all. Absolutely beautiful. And so I'd like you to write down, take what you've done here and put it into a powerful sentence. 
And here's what it is. When I do these things and include those three that you do, when I do these things, I experience, and I want you to put three things that you experience. When I do these things, I experience, perhaps maybe it's joy, maybe it's connection, maybe it's purpose. When I do these three things, I experience blank, blank, and blank. And let's have a couple of people just pop that up into the chat as well. Donna's put joy, connection, and fun. I love it. Put the first thing that comes to mind for you. Joy, peace, and love. Warmth, love, and joy. There's a lot of joy here. Peace, bliss, and joy. Connection, joy, and emotion. And so now we're going to turn that into a mission statement just for you. And you all will notice something. As we're doing this, we're focusing on the result that you create in yourself. We're going to focus on the result that your joy creates in others as well. So it will go like this. I and your name help myself and others experience blank, blank, and blank. I and your name, I'm going to just jot this in here. Help myself, forgive the typos, and others experience through, and after the through, you'll be putting those activities that bring you joy. So I and your name help myself and others experience love, joy, peace, through deep connected conversations, sharing messages of hope and love walking outside under the stars. I, Joanne, I'm gonna use yours, Joanne, help myself and others experience love, joy, and comfort through playing tennis, walking with my husband and dogs, watching great films and documentaries. And so I would say to you right now, that we're having the opportunity during this time to do those things that we usually put last. Think about it. In your list, I bet that most of what you listed you put last after work, after maybe working out, after getting the kids fed, after getting a few hours of sleep. But now we're being given the opportunity to actually experience that, experience that joy every day and share it with others. And today in our, our workshop that we're gonna do, I don't like the word workshop, I would rather call it play shop, but our play shop that we're doing right after this, we're going to be going deeper to finding another level for your mission. So we're going to be taking this that you've begun here and we're going to be making it even bigger 
to encompass what you all said in your beautiful opening song, I now claim making a change in the world. I see so many others coming up here. I, Dave, help myself and others experience through sharing emotion and joy in music and theater, connecting with fellowship and friendship. I love it. Our way out of the dark, our way out of this quarantine, our way out of feeling at all isolated more than ever is developing this mission and this purpose. And yes, it is a mission and it is a purpose. How we achieve it doesn't matter. The how isn't important. What matters to spirit is the why. The joy, the fruits of the spirit that we're sharing with others. It's time for us to put aside transient material sense experiences, what in positive psychology they call pleasures, right? Things like eating a good meal or having massage. And it's time for us to look for gratifications. Gratifications in positive psychology are those things that last, that actually last for us like calling a friend and telling them we're thinking of them or walking outside with our loved one or playing with our dogs and letting them know how much we love them. Gratifications are acts of giving. Gratifications are what put us in touch and aligned with that divine spirit that is in each of us, seeking to express at an even greater level than ever before. Maybe we'll read a motivational story on Facebook. Maybe we'll create art and put it on the front doorstep of our neighbor as a surprise. Maybe we'll take a balloon and tie it on somebody's mailbox. When we're giving our mission and when we're giving from the space of the fullness of joy, then we turn this experience of wilderness into an experience of connection and purpose. And I would finish by using one beautiful quote that I love so much. God created a million doors to walk through, and you, you are one of them. Both 
the cup of a boat, even just of the sea, carry both of us.